Hi, I'm Autumn. And I'm Bethany. And we are A to B Podcast, working on getting from point A to point B through simplicity, organization, and some fun. Hi, Bethany. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I don't have a song for that. It almost came out like, Happy New Year to ya. You know, I don't know if anybody said this, but we don't have to have a song at the beginning because I put one in. <laughs> There's one we paid for that okay. plays. Um, so we're good. We're good. Happy New Year. How is your year of abundant gratitude going? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. First of all, the word is not abundant gratitude. It's just abundance. I know, which I'm telling you, your actual word is gratitude. Ooh, it's not wait, abundance. Wait. I abundantly <laughs> appreciate that you're trying <laughs> to help me clarify Actually, no. I am open to some clarification. When I try to think of what does abundance actually look like in practice? The way you explained it to me was you're looking around at the abundance that you already have and being grateful for it. And with that gratitude, you're getting a sense of abundance because you realize that you have what you need around you. Well, here's the thing. I'm getting married this year, which I'm very excited about. I talked about on the last podcast. I want to continue to plan from a place of abundance. I don't need it to be this picture postcard fairy tale perfect thing. I want it to be a joyful day that like celebrates our union. Yeah, but when you say abundance, it sounds like I need an abundant amount of candles, an abundant amount of lights, <laughs> an abundant amount of greenery. Uh, See, in order to make this abundant wedding, which is not what you mean. No, that's not what I mean. You mean I'm going to look around me and be grateful Mm. for all these things that I already have, which create abundance. I didn't have to go out and add abundance in. I already have it. It's almost like the word should be enough, but I don't want it to be enough. That didn't inspire me. And also it made me think of that J-Lo movie, you know? Um, and no, I don't know that movie. It's interesting because I actually just finished reading this book, Robin Zazio's The Hoarder in You. One of the things I loved about the book is she was talking a lot about the anxiety that we have when we're thinking about parting with possessions. And mm-hmm. that really resonated with me. I've been feeling like my bookshelves, even though we got rid of a lot of books, I still feel like, whoa, this is a brand new feeling for me. Maybe the bookshelves are too full. When am I going to get to all these books? Instead of feeling like, oh, I'm so grateful I have this abundance of books, I'm feeling like it's too much. Mm -hmm. But then I still feel a little bit of anxiety about letting them go because I'm like, oh, well, what if I want that book, right? Where you repeatedly say there's a library. There's a library. Yeah. It's yours to use for free. In fact, did I already share this on the podcast? We had a garage sale. The only two things I ever regret selling at a garage sale, both of them were books. One of them I don't feel the need to get again. Wait, we got to rewind that. The only two things you ever regret of getting rid of with me are these two books. Well, no, I do regret getting rid of this one sweater, but that was when I was helping my grandma clean out her closet. And I really wish I had kept that sweater. Um, what? In your and I's relationship, yes. out of the multiple times that you and I have cleaned out your stuff together... Yes. You've only regretted getting rid of are two things, and they are both books. Is that a correct statement? That is a correct statement. Okay. I just needed it to go down in the record. The, out of all the things I've kind of forced you to get rid of. Why do I feel like this is going to come back to me? It is. Wait. It's coming back. <laughs> this is going to come back to me the next time we're decluttering together, mm-hmm. and you're going to say, Remember. May I remind you that in yep. our 20 years of friendship, the only things that you've Okay, fine. Let's record it because it's the truth that I can think of at this moment. Mm -hmm. 
And now are you going to tell this great story? I don't know that now with this lead up. But the (laughs) the two things were both books. As a gift this year for Christmas, Autumn got Mm -hmm. me that book. Yeah, because you said, I really regret getting rid of this book. (laughs) And I said, okay, I will get it for you. Or maybe you asked me to get it for you. No, I didn't ask you to get it for you. Do you know how much I spent on that lovely gift for you? How much? I spent two bucks. (laughs) It was not worth all that regret. I know. So... I think what we're saying is that when you're feeling like you don't want to get rid of something, I'm feeling that anxiety, I can remind myself that it's highly likely I will A, not need it again, or B, if Mm -hmm. I need it or want it, I'll be able to acquire it again. Like the 20 for 20, 20 and 20. You know, the minimalists, they say if you can get it for $20 or less or within 20 minutes, yes, maybe it's 20 miles, then it's okay to let it go. No, it's 20. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. But I mean, really... With Amazon Prime. I mean, come on. (laughs) So the thing is, is that there is this abundance. There are things that I need. And I guess, I guess the way that I'm trying to sum up this word is that I'm trying to really hold on to this mindset. I I don't know, maybe it is gratitude because the wedding's coming up. I am in the market for another car, for a used car. And I want to just keep this lens or this perspective of, like not comparing it to some ideal or some picture perfect postcard. I want what I have to be enough to really, oh, you know what I'm going to say? To be grateful for what I have. That's right. <laughs> well, a couple days I asked you what things you're grateful for. Yeah. We did it, what, like three days? Yeah. Did you feel abundance after reflecting <sighs> on those things you were grateful for? I did, actually. I guess. I guess the feeling I felt was gratitude. Bethany, I'm great with abundance. I'm just (laughs) making you realize that when you reflect on the things that you have, you get the feeling of abundance. Okay, there we go. Now we're now we're honing in on it. When you feel grateful, when you Uh reflect with gratitude, that feeling of abundance and and contentment. Yes. To use like Dave Ramsey word contentment. He talks a lot about contentment. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that is what I'm really holding on to this year. Because there's already been some desire for some things that are out of my budget. I've really had to talk it through with not only you, but with Eric, with myself of not stepping out beyond my budget, my goals, right? Mm-hmm. And in the book, Robin Zazio talks about the greater good, like looking at this, what is the bigger picture, right? And holding that in that moment, you may, just like Peter Walsh says, it's not about this stuff, it's about this vision, Right. So all of these different things are swirling in my mind that I'm trying to hold on to this bigger picture and not start doubting what is right there in front of me because I'm comparing it to something that I don't have, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the same with my classroom. When I was thinking about my classroom and comparing it to this teacher whose classroom is so cute and has all the like lakeshore matching stuff and mine doesn't. And then I'm like, wait, I don't need that stuff. I'm not spending any money this year. I've already got everything that I need, right? I have an abundance. Right. Abundance. Abundance. You're right. It is connected to gratitude. Okay. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I'm feeling <laughs> abundant. I'm feeling abundant, okay? <laughs> and we're working on a gratitude journal. Let me tell you, I know maybe you don't have time to text me every day, but I've always had trouble or rather I've never prioritized like keeping up a gratitude journal, but I really like this whole you texting me and asking what I'm grateful for and responding to you. Like you are my gratitude journal kind of. How do you feel about taking that on in 2019? I felt fine, except 
I would remember to text you in the morning and I'd be like, mm, I don't think she's awake yet. Like, <laughs> and then the day would go on and I'd be like, shoot, I didn't text her in the morning. So <laughs> I will like it when you go back to work and then I won't be afraid of texting you early in the morning. Why don't you set an alarm on your phone that says text autumn five things I'm grateful for? Can it be, be three? Yeah, it could be three. You don't like five? Well, no, I can think of five, but Oprah did three and I thought that was a good number. There's no pushback from me here. <laughs> I'll be good with three. I'm going to set an alarm. Three things that I'm grateful for. Text you. I also am asking for your support because something that I really want to hold on to as my wedding gets closer is that I want to feel abundant gratitude for like me just as I am right now, like as I dive into more dress shopping and I'm not going to have my abs of steel. Yeah. You know who I think you should follow on Instagram? Who? Jenna Kutcher, K-U-T-C-H-E-R. Like Ashton? Yeah, like Ashton. <laughs> Just scroll through her feed a little bit. She's been very open with her weight and very open with the fact that her husband is like personal fitness coach and that she doesn't look like, you know, this or that. Let me see what is. Hold on. I found her. The Goal Digger podcast? Yeah, but her personal site. Okay. Oh, look at this. She says, um, I look at these photos now and think if only you had known how beautiful you are. If only you had let that go and let the light hit your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, if only you would have stood in confidence with it. Oh, it's going to make me cry. <laughs> hmm Oh, I like that. Some people look at photos... And remember moments. I can look at photos and remember insecurities. I can see an old image of myself and think, I was so worried my arms look fat or that outfit was specifically picked out so I could hide under it. I shouldn't need to point out that I have cellulite, extra skin, and varicose veins, but I will just because I know someone will kindly point it out for me. But when I look at this photo, I will remember not those things, but this moment where I rocked a bikini while pregnant and my husband told me I looked beautiful and I actually believed him. Oh, that makes me cry. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So yeah, that's what I want for my wedding is that I'm present and feeling beautiful just as I am, no matter how I am. If I'm 10 pounds lighter, if I'm 10 pounds heavier, if I'm the exact same weight I am now. Yeah. You know? Just remember that your mind is not going to let you feel those feelings unless you tell it to stop. Hey, this is what I'm going to focus on instead. Yeah. Because no matter what size we are, all of our minds go to whatever thing we're insecure about, whatever negative thing it is. And so you have to have a comeback to your mind. Hey, mind, this is what I'm focusing on instead. Yeah. And what is that comeback going to be when your mind starts to go to places that, you know, or it's not kind to yourself. Hey, I used to not be able to stand on my leg for the full day. And now I can. This is how I've gotten stronger. Hey, I used to not be able to do push-ups on the wall. And now I can do this many push-ups on the wall. Or, hey, I used to not be able to do this, and now I can do this. I'm taking this to a running analogy. But if you are running in a 5K and your brain starts looking around at the other people you're running with, and then you start talking about, oh, my gosh, I'm not as fast as that person. And, oh, my gosh, this person is going to pass me. You're going to start going slower in an instant. You can't let your brain start talking about yourself in a negative way. You have to keep your brain positive or you're going to slow down and you're going to stop running altogether. 
Yeah. So you have to be your biggest cheerleader when you're running in that race. Nobody else is going to do it for you. And the same thing is true when you're on this journey to make yourself stronger. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. You can look around and there's going to be somebody faster than you and there's going to be people that are slower than you, but you're still running that race. So what are you going to say to yourself when you start getting down? I don't know. I need to think about that. I feel like maybe it's a, it. the first thing that came to mind was my word, was the abundance, like the mm-hmm. abundant, abundant gratitude. I, I will add gratitude, abundant gratitude for that moment and for where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll think about that some more. What if you get up and did something physical? Like, yeah, I could think that about myself or I could go do five push-ups against the wall or I could reach out and stretch toward touch my toes because – no matter what size you are, what feels different is when you feel strong. Yeah. I feel like as soon as you start to see the things that your body can do that it didn't use to be able to do is when you start getting a different feeling about yourself and about your body. Yeah. And so taking that negative self-talk and turning it into, hey, look, brain, I'm going to show you what I can do and I'm going to get up and start moving even though I really don't feel like it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Okay. So thank you, friend, first of all, for being who you are, because you're my friend, and I appreciate that. I am grateful for your friendship. And I want to hear about your attempts at adventure. I want to hear about your, because your word is yes to adventure. Yes. So what I decided is I'm going to say yes to adventure. And I know you're supposed to have a word, but I have a phrase because I needed that whole phrase to be in there. Um, Here's the problem, Bethany. My kids did not know that yes to adventure was my theme of the year. They didn't know that. Are you having some reluctant signer honors? (laughs) I have some tweens, I guess you can say. And one thing I've learned about tweens is they're moody. Yes, it's true. You know, they have good days and bad like we all do. I had just had this great bike ride planned and one child in particular didn't think that was in her plans for the day. So really, I think my new phrase is going to be say yes to moody children because that's what you're going to get when you try to get adventure in there. I'm going to say yes to dealing with moody children because I realized why you just want to stay in your house. It's way less work. You don't have it's to way less work. You don't have to deal yeah. with moody kids. You yeah. just get to sit there. It's way easier. So did she go on the bike ride? She did not have a choice is what I told her. <laughs> I did say later, was your goal to make us have a horrible bike ride because you were feeling horrible? Like was that Ooh. your goal? Anyway, I stayed light and I stayed humorous and I told lots of jokes. I think that was a good choice. And I think you still saying yes, I think was a really smart choice. And I'm surprised she didn't melt on the bike ride because normally, even if I'm cranky, you know, like that being out there on that bike ride and that sunshine usually melts it, right? But she... Unless you're a teenager. Unless you're a teenager. Yep. I, unless a you're teenager. a teenager. That's very true. <laughs> doesn't melt. It stays, stays icy cold. <laughs> my saying yes to adventure, what really has happened is I've been looking at my days in a different light and realizing how many adventures I do have, but really haven't been counting them as adventures. Ooh, like what? So the whole family was playing Just Dance, the video game. (laughs) I'm like looking around. I'm like, this is a fun adventure. We're all just dancing. So then previous to this, like being present to that word, would you not have done Just Dance? Would you have not gotten it? Or would you have done it and not seen it as an adventure? I don't think I would have done it as long. Oh, okay. I would have been like, okay, that was good. And instead, I was like, yes, this is fun. We're having fun with the kids. Let's keep doing this. Oh, okay. 
We did it literally for like two or three hours. We just kept dancing. (laughs) I went for a run with my dad where I've run growing up. And I was looking at the trail and just looking around. And it was so beautiful. It looked like it was out of a magazine. And it looked like a picture that I would have looked at and been like, man, I wish I could run on that trail. And I realized I am running on this gorgeous trail. It helped that it rained, so everything's green. There's been some winters it doesn't rain. It was really just beautiful and realizing that, hey, this run that I do every time I'm at my parents' house is really a beautiful trail and a great adventure. And I say yes to this all the time. Oh, I love that, that reframing it. So it has had me look at my days in a new light. And I did remember I told you, a Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes was on my reading list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you start reading it? Yes, I started reading it. You know, she's just a great writer. So I've been really enjoying it. It's great that I am not Shonda Rhimes and nobody is calling me up to give a commencement speech at Dartmouth <laughs> College. So we're good. Mike's is, is my daughter's like, can we go to the park? Can we go to yeah. the park? You're yeah. not happy. <laughs> nobody called me up to go be on Jimmy Kimball. Nobody called me up to do Are that. Are you sure? Are you, did you no, check your messages? No, it's not happening. <laughs> So really, her year of yes is looking a lot different than mine. There were a few no's to adventure also. We had been at a soccer game for the day. So basically, we got there at about 10.15. For the day? Yeah, we got there at 10.15. We were driving home at 3. And we drove by the place where you go ice skating. Hey, can we go ice skating? (laughs) Nope, sure can't. I'm saying no to that adventure because I am tired and we've had a soccer adventure all day. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know much about soccer. I played like in third grade, Speed Demons. Shout out to the Speed Demons. Shout out to the Speed Demons. (laughs) 10 to 3? We had two games. Wow. What else? Mom, can we have a dog? Said no to that adventure. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I'm done with this word. Wait a second, wait a second. I've had some adventures. I feel like I should have chose a word for the month because I'm done with saying yes to adventure. No. I said a lot of yeses and I feel like I'm good. Okay. So you're reading Shonda Rhimes' book and did she say the year of yes? Did she say yes to everything? She specifically said the reason that she came to her year yes was out of fear. So she had fear of like public speaking, of being in front of people. Like she wanted to be just the introvert who wrote. Right. I'm not feeling fearful. I'm feeling like... You're not afraid of going ice skating. You're just like, we're not doing tired. it. I'm tired. <laughs> so I feel like I've said yes to plenty of adventures. I know I can do it. I felt challenged and I'm ready to move on to a new challenge. Do you want to give yourself a number? Like say yes to like five adventures a month? You wouldn't have said yes to? I feel like saying yes to adventure theme showed me that I do say yes to lots of adventures. I just had been noticing all the things that I say no to. So I feel happy with well, the adventures that I'm Well, let me tell you, how many people make a resolution? It's not a resolution. It's a theme for the year. A theme for the year. And you can check the box the first week in January. I'm done. I feel, I'm feeling good. <laughs> I feel like that was a good theme. I'm ready to choose a new one. Well, hey, that could be your next adventure is choosing a new word. <laughs> In our last episode, episode 54, we talked about setting a word for the year and we spent a minute celebrating last year. But I think it's really important not just gloss over it, even though I tend to want to move on to the next thing in front of you, but to take a minute and reflect 
we reflected on our year in review personally, but not all the challenges we gave ourselves in the podcast. Right. That's true. I would like to start by saying, even going every other week, we still had over 20 episodes, which I guess if you're doing every other week in a 52-week year, that would make sense. (laughs) So we had interviews, we tackled paper, closets, to-do lists, photos, mental roadblocks. So everything all over the place. All over the place, right? Like theme? Who needs a theme? (laughs) No. (laughs) But no, really, the theme is organization and A lot of times I think people, when they think about organization, they just think about your junk drawer or whatever. But organization is so much more. And I love that we've been able to talk about so many different topics. Yes, that is true. We have talked about a lot of different things. I know you tease me about going back and listening to our episodes, but I really do. I'm creating the podcast that I need to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) What was the episode you would say that I don't know that you either learned the most from or like that has stuck with you or I don't want to say favorite but do you know what I mean yeah I think the one like that that resonates with you right I think it's episode 48 when I talked about five ways to be productive in the pickup line (laughs) realizing hey there's a time that you can enjoy these tasks that seem like chores and I think that episode allowed me to kind of put a new lens on things that I feel like I have to do and look at it in a new light. It was a perspective shift. Yeah, but I think it was more than that because I feel like it lit the fire of a bigger perspective change than I thought would actually oh, occur. Oh, mm-hmm. huh. There were some really handy things you could do in the school pickup line. But then you also kind of looked at this bigger like, wait a second, I get to pick up my kids and Despite the fact that right after you said that on the podcast, they were like bickering the whole drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You did. You know, I think one of our listeners kind of helped you shift that thinking. I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Although my favorite thing to do while in the pickup now actually came from a listener, which is to go through your photos as you're waiting in line because that goes quick and there's usually just a few that I need to delete. So that is one of my favorite things. So thank you, listener, for that. Yeah, that was a really good tip. I was Uh like, oh, that's what I need to be doing when I'm like waiting, you know? Yeah, Yeah, that was really, instead of like scrolling through whatever app, it's like, no, I need to delete some photos. Photos has definitely been a theme for us last year. Yes, we've talked a lot about photos. In fact, we talked about your email that you're sending out to your parents. Yeah, so I did photos for August, September. I did photos for October. I did not do photos for November. And so I decided to do a combo November, December photo send, which I still need to do. But I will do it before we launch January because I want to make sure that I stay on top of those because in June, that was my problem before that I had all the photos from the whole year and it was really stressful. Are you still taking as many photos as you have been or did all this talk about photos lessen the amount of photos that you take? I think I'm a little better about deleting some photos. I still take a lot of pictures. You know, I love capturing moments in my classroom. Here's the thing that I realized on a little photo tangent, tangent, bird walk. I do a ton of screenshots. And that is something that like, I'm like, how do I organize those? So these people that I follow and they'll post those like quotes that I find inspirational. Like I think I just need to upload them to Pinterest so they're there. Or I'm reading an article and I screenshot a section that really resonates with me. When I upload them, I'll look at them if it's something I really do want to keep. And I think I'm going to reference again. It's like, oh, put it on Pinterest because you can easily store like those inspiration pics. Right. If they are inspiration quotes, you can put them as your um, screensaver. 
Yeah, but there's like a couple hundred. So it's like. Oh, my. (laughs) I'm inspired on a regular basis. What can I say? (laughs) Well, speaking of photos, I did want to share a little story my mom shared with me. Since my grandma passed away, my mom and her siblings have been going through some of her photos and they've come across photos from different trips that my grandparents took, places like China and Australia, and um, sent out an email to the family to see who wanted these photos of these trips. But nobody really did want those photos. They wanted photos of like my grandparents getting married and major milestones in their life and family pictures, but not specifically of the many trips that they took. And so my mom said on her recent trip that she took, trip to Australia, my mom shared that she didn't take as many pictures on this trip. She said she spent more time trying to take in what she was seeing as opposed to capturing it in pictures. Huh. That's actually really interesting to me because... That makes me think your mom was saying, like, who am I taking these pictures for? When I think of taking photos, I mean, I don't have kids, but if I'm taking a photo in my personal life, I guess I feel like I'm saving it for me. But it's interesting that your mom has that perspective of, like, she didn't need to take those photos to remember the trip, and she knew you and your siblings didn't need them. Mm -hmm. It gives you a different perspective when you have a family member pass away and you realize how long it takes to go through their items and sort them and see who wants what, how overwhelming of a process that can be to give a gift by, you know, keeping your things to a minimum and and realizing that someone's going to have to take care of all this when I pass away. You know, that's, that's a real legacy that you're giving to somebody. That's so interesting. And I feel like that's a whole podcast in itself. But it makes me think, you know, my grandma has so many photos and she really wants to get them organized. And I was talking to her about them and about there are so many photos that are important to her. But if she doesn't write the names on them or if they're not connected to us, it's like, what do you do with these photos? You know, there's some that I definitely want to treasure of like my great grandma and my great grandpa. But we need like names on pictures and that kind of thing. And I think we do think of photos as really sacred, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but think about how many photos are important. There there becomes a point where they stop. There's so many that you can't enjoy what you have. My great-grandmother, I've seen a lot of photos, not a ton, not hundreds and hundreds of photos, but there's, there's two photos that really resonate with me. One was when she was a little girl. She was like maybe six or seven. And one when she was older, when I think of photos that I treasure of my great grandma, those are the two that really spoke to me, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't need a whole box of photos of her. I mean, some are very interesting, but aren't necessarily the ones that I would go to again and again when I want to like reminisce about her. Yeah. I guess I appreciate this conversation in part because photos were such a theme in our year. We talked about it quite a bit last year. It's something that neither of us feels like we've tackled per se. I I do feel like photos are going to come up again for us this year. And so I really like this reflection. This is making me think a lot about the ones that I save. What am I saving those for? So I like it. So Bethany, I'm curious, what is your favorite episode? Because I feel like episode 35, going through your paper piles in five steps, really helped your inbox. It did, and I've come back to that episode multiple times, actually. Or maybe it was episode 44 when we talked about meal planning. (laughs) Or maybe it was episode 45 (laughs) when we got rid of some of your books. I forced you. 
Look at that. I love it. So many moments that have helped me move towards a more organized self. No, I love all of those episodes you mentioned. When I'm thinking about last year, the episode that kind of keeps coming up for me was episode 51. And that's when we kind of touching on what some of the stuff we talked with Jen about in episode 47. We went into a deeper dive into the Eisenhower matrix, that idea of your tasks that are either important or not important, urgent or not urgent. And what really stuck with me, I kept having these tasks that felt urgent and important. And I'm like, wait a second, you know, when reading that an urgent, important task should be something like, I just broke my toe, I need to go, you know, well, the toe's not a good example because they really can't splint a toe. So I just, bro- <laughs> I just broke my leg. I need to go to the hospital. Oh yeah, much better example. Okay, much better example. <laughs> but a lot of the tasks that were falling into my urgent important were important but they could have been not urgent. So these were the tasks that maybe I knew about ahead of time, like certain bills that were due or a deadline for a big project at work. These are things that are definitely important, but when I found out about them, they weren't urgent. And if I had planned ahead or done like a little bit earlier or been a little bit more mindful with them, yes, they would have stayed important, but they wouldn't have turned to urgent. And one of the nice things was that uh, at my school, there's a component of our grading that we have to have done before we leave on winter break. And I remember vividly last year, like this panic right before winter break of like, oh my goodness, I have to get this done. And this year that didn't happen because I was more intentional about planning and kind of getting things done when I had a little bit uh, more breathing room right before the end of the year. And that was such this like lovely breath of fresh air. It still remained important, but it wasn't urgent. That's a feeling that I wasn't necessarily used to because I was into that mode of either procrastinating or not spending the time to think through this. And that really excites me. I'm not saying I'm a pro at it, but I'm saying that it helped to shift my thinking around some of these tasks. So you worked on it before it became urgent. Right, exactly. You used to use your sense of urgency as your motivation to get it done. So yeah, it was a motivator, but not in a positive way. It was a motivator in like, oh my gosh, I can't focus on the things that I want or I can't go sit and relax. It's due now. Like it's due in 30 minutes or whatever, whatever it is. And drop everything and work on it. Right. And I'm like, oh boy, that was kind of a through line of my college career, you know? (laughs) If you don't know exactly what we're talking about, we will put a picture of the Eisenhower Matrix on our show notes page. You can find that at a2bpodcast.com slash 55. But the episode Bethany is referring to is episode 51 if you want to go listen to that. While we are talking about updates, I do have an update that you helped me with, Bethany. Ooh, I'm ready. In episode 37, you talked about to-do lists and we talked about to-do list apps a little bit. You mentioned Google Keep And you talked about how you did a list in Google Keep. And I had used Google Keep to like keep home improvement ideas in, but now I use it for other to-do lists and I've really been enjoying it. So thank you. (laughs) I actually sent a call out to all of you fabulous listeners to say, okay, what to-do list apps do you use? 
And I got some great feedback. And I was sharing that I've been using Wonderlist for a long time. I kind of kept going back and forth between Wonderlist and a paper planner. And I still love my paper planner. However, I didn't realize the magic of Google Keep. I had tried Evernote before, but it just never hooked me. And then since then, I am like all about the Google Keep. In fact, Autumn, I want to tell you, so I told you at the beginning of the episode that I read uh, Robin Zazio's The Hoarder in You, mm-hmm. right? I actually started a list for that book and like took some screenshots of different, been trying out different things that I could do with screenshots. And I wanted to save some of these ideas and I just like kept it all in that list and I loved it. Let's say I have a list that's for, you know, groceries that week, whatever. I can pin it. And now it moves all the way up to the very top. So now when I open Google Keep, that's the first list that I'm going to see. So I have a lot of lists, but the list that I want to attend to like right now is up at the top. Yeah, I like that. And you can also share lists with people, which is also pretty cool. I really like that. You can have a list for our podcast that we're working on together and we'll both see updates or notes that we put in there. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, which I haven't used as much, If you use Gmail, they have tasks. And I've always used tasks for little things in my email, not like for my primary to-do lists. But I can open Google Keep either separately as an app on my phone or as like a sidebar when I'm in my email. So as I'm doing my email, if there's something that I need to add to a list, Google Keep's right there. But the point is, as an update to our productivity apps, that right now is my current like, woo-woo. What I like about Google Keep is it's simple. There's other apps out there like Trello or Asana that if you're doing project management or big team work projects that you need something a little more robust. But just for everyday use, I like how simple Google Keep is. Yeah, it's super, super simple. So if you are looking for a to-do list app and you haven't checked it out, Check it out because now we're both using it. (laughs) If you have anything that you're curious about that maybe we talked about and never followed up on, you can always let us know no matter when that episode air. We'd love to hear any of your questions. You can email us, hello at adbpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail, 858-480-SPACE, 858-480-7722. Or you can direct message us on Instagram, And last episode, we were talking about how we've tried to be better with some Instagram stories. And personally, Autumn, I'm loving the stories you put in there. So please do follow us on at A to B podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And you can find me at space, the number four living. And we put some of our best stories in our highlights. So you can check out those as well. As we start 2019, we want to definitely thank everyone who has left a review, who has subscribed. If you haven't left a review yet, please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think of the episodes. We have a lot of topics we're ready to cover in 2019 and we always welcome your feedback. Hope your new year has been getting off to a great start, no matter what your word is, or even if you've changed your word. (laughs) If you want to change it. You may change your word. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Storing these pictures for home improvement. You can hold on one second. Know, There's something that's tapping your microphone. Yes, that's it. That's my boob. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was gesturing wildly. <laughs> it's my boob that was 
okay, I will stand up straighter. <laughs> or sit up straighter. <sighs> That's funny. <laughs>